right, everyone. Welcome to the Becoming a Financially Confident Woman podcast. Uh, this is Dr. April Murdoch with Woman to Woman Financial. And I am so excited, you all. I'm excited today because I have uh, one of my first, honestly, my first mentor in um, my business. Uh, he, I guess he saw something in me years ago um, and he saw so many things that I needed help with. And uh, he took the time out to give me his time, even though we were not at all connected in any way. I happened to see him speak at a conference. Um, I was totally moved by his story, um, by how he helps people uh, to overcome their money mindsets, uh, their challenges. And so his name is Mr. Chris Felton. Uh, he has 24 years in the financial services industry. He is a seven figure earner. So it's very few people that I meet in this industry that are seven figure earners. Uh, he's an Amazon best-selling author. We're going to talk a little bit about his book today, Think and Grow You. So I'm really excited about that. He is an author. He is a speaker. He is a coach. He is an extremely successful businessman. Um, I know there are so many people that would love to spend time with him. And I am so excited today that he has given us his time to share with us some of his story, how he helps people, um, how, and how he helped himself to change his money mindset. So Chris, thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. You are our first guest and I'm glad that you're here. Wow. You must've been desperate for guests to uh, <laughs> not at all, not at call all. me you're like jesus I, I asked these other 20 people and they said no but uh chris chris will chris will do it no uh, april well you're one phenomenal. thing you taught me chris was shoot for the stars right <laughs> and so the first time out the gate i was like i'm going for the big one oh <laughs> no and that's why i, I contacted you <laughs> i got you totally fooled that i'm a legend in my own mind oh crap no no not anyway, at all. No, not you're all. awesome, sister. I'm, I appreciate you. I'm so proud of you. Your your growth has been astronomical, and uh, and anything anything for you and your your crew. I'm here to help. I appreciate you. So let's talk about you. Tell me. I gave a snippet, but tell us about your background. Like, how did you come to be the Chris Felton, the seven figure earner, business owner, mindset changer, all of that? How did that happen for you? Uh, I mean, the, uh, I'll do, I'll do the, the, the brief story, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm in Colorado. I grew up in Loveland, Colorado state university grad accounting degree, um, got my CPA, uh, spent seven years in kind of big corporate CPA accounting. And, um, I looked to the guy that was 10 years ahead of me and I was going to become what I didn't want to be, which was horrible health, fourth marriage, kids hating you, uh, you know, making a ton of money, but just, you know, really a, a horrific life. And I was, I was going there and just realized I had to become an entrepreneur and, um, and had some dreams that were dead. Uh, maybe you and I can get into, uh, our people dream dead out there. Maybe we can have a little time for that. Uh, but I was dream dead and I got really in touch with, what I wanted my life to be and looked at being an employee and realized that was never going to get me to where I wanted to. So, so was on an entrepreneurial journey and nothing appealed to me. And I landed on, you know, financial services because I was a CPA and telling fortune 500 companies what to do with their finance, their finance departments. But my personal finance department was a disaster. I was totally financially illiterate. Um, and then, you know, just got, fell in love with the mission of teaching people to get out of their own way around money and uh, left the safety of corporate America behind in February 2000 after moonlighting for a year and uh, spent the first year talking people out of doing business with me. So I was really good at that. I was the best unpaid financial advisor on the planet. <laughs> um, but, you know, stayed at it and figured it out. And then, uh, but it didn't have a, a good first marriage because of me and sabotaged that relationship. And then met my uh, second current and last wife, Marlo, in case she's listening. And uh, she uh, 
she walked into a financial crap show and I was, uh, I basically gave up in the divorce, gave my ex half the business, signed a stupid office lease, uh, just kept making dumb decision after dumb decision. And then, uh, you know, I'm a financial services entrepreneur in the middle of the great recession. And my wife, you know, finally I'd fessed up, um, trusting my intuition that if I continue to manage my money myself, uh, it wasn't going to lead to anywhere good, even though I was a CPA and financial advisor. Mm. Um, so gave control to Marlo best financial decision I ever made in my life, but there was some pain that ensued and really kind of the, the, the turning point that led to my book that you have and all, you know, really a transformation in my life was I was out of money mm. and, mm. um, married and my kids were little, they lived in Atlanta. I was in Colorado and I had to pay my ex-wife $5,200 at the beginning of every month and alimony and child support. So we're four or 5,000 a month, negative cash flow, And it's just, it's, it's a crap show. And so I, uh, had to come home and somehow convince my wife who was good with money, who had savings separate from our marriage. Cause she knew better than to commingle money with a broke dude. <laughs> and, uh, she had her eye on a Nordstrom suit a business suit from Nordstrom's and she was going to use part of her savings to do that. But no, her soulmate here needed the money to pay his ex-wife. So I had to ask my wife for the money to pay my ex-wife. And wow. uh, you've met Marlo, I think. I mean, she's mm -hmm. five foot yes. one. Everyone, everyone's scared of her. And uh, she has, she has the Tasmanian devil side of her. And, uh, she went full blown Tasmanian devil and threw her purse at me and threw a purse at me not only once, but three times. And we were in the fight of our lives. And then I said, well, if it's so bad, why are we still together? And she looked at me, went upstairs and she spent the rest of the night figuring that out. Why are we still together? And I was sitting there almost to the end of my story here. I was You're sitting okay. there. I was sitting there and all I could see April were just dominoes mm -hmm. falling. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it was a turning point in my life and the dominoes were, I look back on my first marriage and totally sabotaged that marriage. And, uh, I'm, I'm a broken record that you don't get what you hope for. You get what you expect. And I was expecting it to fail and it did. Uh, my kids hadn't seen me forever, you know, cause I couldn't go see them. Mm -hmm. Didn't have any money to go mm -hmm. see them there in Atlanta. I'm in Colorado. Just drinking all the time. Um, the financial stress was like physically impacting Marlo physically. Mm -hmm. And I just, I woke up at that point and I just realized, Hmm, the common denominator to all this is me. And I need to, to quit living in hopium, mm, which is where I, most, where, mm -hmm. where most people live, right? They live in hopium. They, they just yep. are hope, hoping things on the outside world will change while they fiercely insist on remaining the same. And I was exhausted because I was doing what most people do. I was rearranging the furniture on the deck of the Titanic and, hmm. uh, the boat was going to go down regardless of what I did. And so it was in that moment for the first time in my life, um, I realized that playing victim and we've become a very victim consciousness society, um, and very, basically victim it, people hate that word, but it just means I, I'm allowing outside world to, to impact my thinking and my actions and blaming my ex-wife, blaming the economy, blaming my team, blaming my wife, um, was not getting me where I needed to. And if I was going to change, I had to take hundred percent responsibility. And, and I took hundred percent responsibility for the crap show that was, that, that was my life. And then the next day, Marla and I came together and to her immense credit, um, when she was figuring out, should she stay or should she go? Um, it would have been very easy for her to focus on the, the negative stuff in me and go on out the door. And she focused on what she loved about me and what she wanted to continue to live with 
And what that did for me was it broke my self-sabotaging relationship pattern, which was hit some adversity, find the negative in the other people in the other person, mm-hmm. and then dream of some utopian unicorn sunshine lollipops and roses relationship that requires no work and is just always phenomenal. Um, it caused me to focus on the good in her. And she just said, we're not getting divorced. We're not declaring bankruptcy. Uh, we're not getting jobs. We're going to figure this out. And she went out and interviewed. We had access to wealthy mentors who had wealth in all areas of their life, not just money. These totally world-class people give a lot of money, just unbelievable. And she's, I want to figure out what they think and do. And our first book couples money came from those mm-hmm. interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was kind of like, you know, what are, you know, what are you going to do? Chris felt that's what the finger looked like right there. What are you, you going to do you? And, uh-huh. uh, I'm like, I'm going to figure out how this creates broke and mm-hmm. I'm not interested in changing. I'm committed. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm and like, well, and interested is, you know, most people are interested in a great life. They're interested in their dreams coming true. And when you're only interested, you'll hit adversity and roadblocks and you'll quit or you'll take what I call it as a chicken exit and you'll chicken exit and then you'll go to the next thing. You'll repeat the pattern. But a, but a committed person is I'm like, you know how an Olympic athlete is with their sport. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to be with my personal growth and development. And I committed to her. I'm going to be up early. I'm going to study, visualize, image, journal, use technologies. If you told me to standing on my head for an hour is going to change my life, I was going to do it. And mm-hmm. I, and uh, it's one of my favorite quotes of Mel Robbins. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened over time. And we had a, a jaw dropping transformation financially and took our income up five times and you know, saved a ton of money and um, just amazing things happen. But for me personally, I'm 51. My energy is better now than than probably 31, easily better than 41. Um, I leveled up spiritually, physically, financially. Um, and, you know, but also I'm, I'm not I'm not a guru. I haven't arrived. I don't have it all figured out either. Um, but uh, it transformed. So You've done pretty well. You've done. I mean, there are so many, Chris, there were so many nuggets in what you just said, like yep. everything you just said. So let's, let's, I, I mean, I made some notes because I'm a note taker and I like to capture good things. But one thing I, um, you started out with, you looked to the guy 10 years ahead of him. You looked at the guy and he was not where you wanted to be. And so like, tell me what gave you the insight to know to do that? Cause a lot of people don't know to do that because that's how you level up. That's how you grow is really assessing where you are and what your future looks like if you keep doing the same thing. So wh- what do you think was that? Well, I, I think, um, I, I mean, I, I didn't kind of get into the whole story of, um, you know, I, I was at that firm. I had got done working 120 hours in six days uh, to avoid working Easter Sunday. And um, and so, you know, we, we got this, we hit this, de- we had this deadline that fell the Monday after Easter Sunday. And I was supervising eight, eight people. And, and to my mom, Easter Sunday was the deal. So there was no way that I was going to be working Easter Sunday. So so we got the job done. I came home at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night and my brother was up. We lived together. And, uh, and he was like, what, what happened to you? Cause I was like sleeping in my car. Like, I mean, he hadn't seen me for a week. We hadn't talked. He didn't know if I was a drug dealer. He didn't know if I was kidnapped <laughs> or he didn't know. Right. And you know, when you come home at 11 o'clock at night, the last thing you want to do is talk and definitely you don't want to have a family intervention with your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just is like, what are you doing? Is this what you're gonna be doing for the next 30, 40 years of your life? Like, you know, cause mm-hmm. you do that kind of craziness, it becomes normal and mm-hmm. our brains love familiar. And I love that familiarness of crazy work. And so he just kind of got in my kitchen and what he did is he woke me up and he woke me up out of this hypnotic trance, this hypnotic state, this Bill mm-hmm. Murray and Groundhog Day way that everyone lives. Mm-hmm. And he got me to do the thing I didn't want to do, which was 
to think hardest work on the planet. Yeah. And everything I talk about in my book is taking a time out, sitting your ass down, grabbing a pad of paper and a pen and asking yourself some questions that get you to really think, you know, because 90, 91% of our thoughts are today are the same as they were yesterday. And if we don't change our thinking, our life doesn't change. Anyway, so that, that's what woke me up. And then, you know, I was like, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't answered, I hadn't asked that question since, since I was a little kid. What so I yeah, want? you talked about that in your book, like dreaming and dreams, you know, the whole dreams yeah. are dead and how to journal out your dreams. And so I guess yeah. that led you down that, you know, first self-awareness and then deciding yeah. to journal out what your life will look like. So tell us about how you think that's effective and, and what has that done for you? I mean, yeah. in the book, it's been, it's phenomenal. And you yeah. take us through, cause I've done it. I mean, I'm doing the, the stuff you have us doing in the book. So those of you out there, if you haven't gotten thinking grow you, it is on Amazon. He's an Amazon best-selling author. So I'm so honored to have him here, but it gives you it, The book is so practical, Chris, because not only does it make you Uh, ask yourself some really hard questions. Like you always say, like, look at that man in the mirror and then ask yourself some serious questions. Tell us like how you came to that part and, and what do you think that does has done for you and does for others? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it's just, I mean, to kind of close the loop on that. I mean, I sat down and I was just like, what, what do I want? And you know, what do I really want? And and I got excited, but then I got depressed and I just, I call it the moment of truth. The moment of truth is, you know, if this is what I want is, is what I'm doing currently from a career standpoint, going to get me what I want. Mm-hmm. And most people go their entire lives and never even ask that question. And I did. And then it was like, okay, um, if my current vehicle is not going to get me what I want, then what am I going to do? Well, what most people do is they, you know, I talk about in my book, they, they settle, they settle yeah. f- f- and, and, and they shrink their goals, dreams, and aspirations to fit inside of their current reality. And I was like, I don't want to get to the end of my life. I mean, I don't have a lot of fears, but I do have a fear of getting to the end of my life and regretting anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's horrific. So I'm yeah. like, I don't want to regret not going after my ideal life. And so I had to change the vehicle. So that's what caused me to look to the, that thinking session caused me to look to the guy that was 12, 10, 12 years ahead of me. And I'm like, you know, but if I wouldn't have sat down and done the thinking and, and, and been this hypnotic robot, um, I would have never even come to that conclusion. So, so, so the big thing on, on dreams is the masses think it's weird, but world-class performers, the top one to 2% know that dreaming is, that's where, that's where the juice is mm-hmm. and you got to know it. And, you know, one, one of my mentors, you, you know, him. I mean, he's 71, he's a self-made billionaire and mm-hmm. he's after it more than ever. And this was like two months ago. He's like, he's like, are you dream flat? Wow. He's like, I know you're, I know you're not dream dead, but are you dream flat? I'm like, what do you mean? He said, like, yeah, he's like, he's like, what are your top 25 dreams? I'm like, what? 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's I'm like, I have a few. He's like, start your list brother. And, 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 and get the list going and dream. He's like, I'm still dreaming, man. I'm 71. I mean, he's, you know, there's such thing as arriving this guy arrived a long time ago mm-hmm. right i mean he's got anyway we won't get into him but but it's just unbelievable and he's a world-class guy in all areas of his life his marriage his spirituality his kids his grandkids i mean he's just he's unbelievable and he's still pouring but into Chris, other people you know, to that point though you had to have someone in your space to kind of expose you to what life yeah. could look like right what it could be like yeah. And then someone willing to invest in you to have those kinds of conversations, right? But, yeah. and so I think that is so important. But if you don't have that person, per se, for those out here who may be listening, who don't have that, that's why you have books like this, right? That's why we yeah. have conversations like this, because 
if you're searching and you're looking, you will find it. Like you, I know that's how it happened for me in just connecting with you was like, I knew life had to be better. And I didn't have clear dreams, but I just knew it had to be better. And so somehow the universe, my desires connected the two of us. And so, you know, you, I guess with your mentor had the same, same thing happen. And I think that's, an, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think that is so important is having someone that you can be vulnerable with, share those dreams with, and that will speak into your life and you listen. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and then, well, and then, and then, and then you got to do something with it, right? Because yeah. what happens is, you know, people become personal development zombies and, <laughs> you know, they just take in information and they're reading, you know, books and listening to a million podcasts but they never apply anything. Right. And, and my superpowers application, like I'm able to go, okay, that like when he, when he told me that, you know, I don't know, it's been a few months. Well, I started my list and I'm at like 22. I'm not even at 25 yet. It's, it's not about winning a contest. Right. right. Um, and, and it's caused me to look at it and I've done, you know, 75 podcasts year to date. And, and I've been on a lot of shows and I was on one last week. It's like top 50 in the world. Unbelievable. Wow. And I asked, and I asked that guy, I'm like, what's your top 25 dream list? And he's like 25. And, and so I'm like, I, so I apply it and then I share it and I teach it and all that. But, but here's why you want to have a dream list going because as humans, our default is fear, doubt, and worry. Mm-hmm. That's default. Yeah. And, and what that leads to is procrastination and what's called drift. Mm-hmm. And high performers dream. They are clear. They know what they want because they understand that we're all humans. I mean, one of my favorite quotes in the book is we're a miracle and a mess at the same time. time. I'm mm-hmm. still a miracle and a mess. Mm-hmm. I am not a guru. I haven't arrived. I don't have it all figured out, but I have become an expert at how I screw myself over. <laughs> and so because of that, I'm able to do, which is the whole second pillar of my book is use tools to shift. And so because I'm clear of like what I want and why I want it and what I'm going after, then mm-hmm. when things like that come in my space, Hey, Chris, what's your top 25 dream list? I'm like, boom, I need to, Mm -hmm. I need to apply that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've been doing it with my clients. I've been doing it with my teammates. I've been squawking about it on social media um, because we have to have these things like dream lists and all the things that people hear to just get us past that default of fear, doubt, worry, procrastination and drift. Mm. So it's, it's powerful. So whoever's listening, take the top 25 dream challenge, right? Check in with with April, have a little conversation with you guys, get, you know, get on a, get on a call or April. I'm not saying you need to do this, but with your, you know, your posse or your group, whatever you want to call them or your crew, like, you know, get on a Facebook live or get on a zoom or whatever, and just start, Hey, What's your top 25 dreams? Like I did that with, with my, my group, like, you know, what's your top 25 dreams? What do you want? I mean, you know, they're popping it in the, the zoom chat and, you know, we had them all in there and I read them off with, you know, emotion, energy and feeling and energize the group. And, you know, cause everyone's looking for the how to's, but whatever you do, your vehicle, whatever it is, I mean, that's the, the Ferrari or the Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. And your dreams is the fuel for the vehicle. So if you don't have fuel in the damn car, can't go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Dreams are the fuel. Got to have them. So it sounds like we go back to the whole foundation of knowing and 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 feeling your why. You know, people. Everyone yeah. says that. Like you really need to connect with your why. And you've done a really good job of doing that. How do you do? I mean, do you put your dreams in front of you? Do you say them every day? I know you have this amazing routine. I've heard you talk about it. So tell us about what that looks like for you to keep those dreams in front of you, that why in front of you. 
Yeah, I mean, th th that's the, yeah, I mean, that um, why, clarity, your dreams, you got to know your why, you got to know this, you got to know that. It's the most beat up topic in personal growth and development. I mean, everybody talks about it. And I would, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day mm -hmm. when it was more live, right, I, I'd go to a conference mm -hmm. and the most successful person would get up on stage and be like, you got to know your why, you got to have clarity. You gotta... And I'd be like, I, I'm like, take, oh, I gotta, I, you've probably done this. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I don't know my why. I'm like taking <laughs> yes. notes, right? Oh my God, I gotta, my why, I gotta, right? And then I come out of a conference, April, and then a, a squirrel would run by me. And I'm like, I need to go chase that squirrel. Let me go grab that squirrel. Once I grab the squirrel yeah. and all his yeah. friends, then I'm going to sit my ass down and actually do that. Yep. And, and that's what most people do is they actually don't do exactly mm -hmm. what we're telling them to do. They get busy. They have this thing called the weapon of mass distraction, their cell phones, yes, right? The weapon of mass good, distraction. Yes. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. the first step is, you know, and it took my wife's purse flying over my head to go, huh? there must be something in this clarity thing. And her and I sat down, you can be single, married, whatever, but we scheduled the time and we said, what do we want? We want financial relief and we want it like oxygen. And we spent an hour going, why, why, why? Mm. Because anytime we'd set a financial goal, my left brain CPA was like, oh, oh, let's get into the strategy of it all. And, and, you know, how are we going to do it and all that? <laughs> That's a trap. And, and, and you got, you got to have a plan. You got to have, but you got to know why. And, and, and so I'm like, I don't want to fight with you around money. I got to see my kids. It kills me. Um, yeah. We want to feel relief. You know, D D David Goggins calls it, you know, going to the cookie jar, right? It's, it's the cookie jar. You know, he talks about it, tra training Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, the, the greatest athlete will show mm -hmm. up, yeah. but he won't have his, his deep reasons. And so when he hits that moment of wanting, or when he, when he hits that inevitable moment of wanting to quit, if he doesn't have, if he doesn't have enough reasons in that cookie jar, he will go on out the door and then the guy that's not the greatest athlete or sometimes the smallest dude you know he's like the runt of the litter but that guy has his reasons mm -hmm. often it's just he, he needs to prove to himself and others that he can do it that guy will make it the the, the best athlete won't so mm -hmm. you got to know that stuff because our default mode is comfort and if you don't have those reasons to pull on, if you don't have that cookie jar. So anyway, so, so Marla and I did that and, and she said, I want a hundred thousand dollars saved. And we had $250,000 of debt. We had no money and I sucked at savings. Um, and we just spent a lot of time on why. And I just said, okay, it's on like Donkey Kong, the, the Ferrari, the, the, mm. the gas tank was full. And so anytime I wanted to go blow $20 at a happy hour or, you know, do anything, even a dollar that was going to move us further away from that, no way over my dead body. I wasn't interested. I was committed to changing and I had deep reasons why. And so we did. And the first 10 grand, I like that. You said you committed. That's that's a you mentioned that earlier, the difference between interested and committed, right? There is a huge difference in in that. And so commitment requires action. Interest is like, oh, this is what it's lip yeah, service, yeah. so to speak, right? I, I yeah, and, and, cl and clar clarity wow, only comes wow. from forward movement. Clarity only comes from action, mm -hmm. right? The captain of the sailboat doesn't go, mm -hmm. okay, all right, I got to wait till I map out all the different winds and 
No, like there's, you know, there's an ultimate destination and then I'm not a sailing expert, but I understand, you know, if you got a 200 mile voyage or whatever that is, your goal is to hit that first waypoint. And there might be thousands of waypoints. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you got to get focused on that first waypoint and you got to pull up the anchor and your ass needs to leave the dock instead of trying to map it all out. And then you got to adjust the sails along the way. But most people sit on the dock going, well, how how are we going to get there? And they get paralysis (laughs) by analysis and they get overwhelmed and they never leave. So, you know, so we said hundred grand. Mm -hmm. They're like, that first 10 grand, got to nail it. Let's do that. But we got it. We got to leave the dock now. We got to take action. And, uh, and your brain loves it when you feel like you're on the right path. That's when the dopamine hits happen. It's not when you hit the goal. It's when you know you're on the right path. That's when you feel good. Mm-hmm. 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 And you talked about in the book and, you know, here, you said one phrase, you said it was because of you, you were in this situation because of you. So in your book, you talk about the ego. Just, I I don't want to give away the whole book. Everyone needs to read it. I I just want you to discuss that a little bit. And then the pillars that you maybe one or two of those uh, to, to help people understand what you're trying to do, what this book's intention is. And, um, you know, just, yeah, I mean the, yeah. the yeah, I mean yeah, I mean the, the book's intention is uh, the number one problem it solves is is stuck. That's it. People get stuck, and uh, it's okay to get stuck. It's not okay to stay there. So it, it it's designed mm-hmm. to um stuck in you name it anywhere in your life. You can go to a chapter that's literally you can read in about three minutes. Um, my mentor who wrote the book, he was my book coach, Steve Siebold. So he sold 5 million books. He's made 50 million speaking mm-hmm. fees. He was my coach mentor the whole time. So we did five drafts wow. together, mm-hmm. all my content, but it was his coaching to make sure that it was simple. Um, but they, it was all my stories mm-hmm. and all my content. Um, but your right. ego is not your amigo. And that's, you know, egos number one job is to it's just to keep you right where you are it does not want you to grow it does not want you to change it wants status quo it wants comfort it it it's it's a mess and so really that's you know i mean really the, the 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 pillars are um you know getting out of your own way and it's like okay we all get our own way understanding how we get in our own way, not shaming yourself because you get in your own way, which is where a lot of people go. It's just like, okay, literally these are the things. And I share all the ways I got in my own way, the big ones and just going, okay, Mm -hmm. so these are patterns that I still have. It's just, we all have these patterns. We're a miracle and a mess at the same time. It's about understanding these patterns. And then the second pillar is really all about how do you shift? So it's all these tools. So when these patterns happen, instead of unconsciously going down the rabbit hole, we're able to use these tools to shift ourselves. Right. The, the, the next is, you know, really the, mm-hmm. you know, relationships and phen- everything we want in life, you know, comes from and through people. And so, you know, yes. so that's one pillar. I had, I had to clean up a lot there. And then the fourth is really the how to's, the game plan, the strategies, tactics, and processes I use to transform our lives. And then the last pillar, and it has, we kind of wrote it because that's kind of where the story ends at the end was, you know, some of the dreams that came through to me, but, but to me, that's really the first pillar that you need to focus on is you got to get clear on on what you want but understanding the ego just shows up and it it's it's designed to keep you stuck and it's not a bad thing because you still need it you still need your ego it's just it mm-hmm. wants you to not mm-hmm. put on the workout shoes it, it, it wants you to not make the uncomfortable calls it wants you to 
want you to stay in this bubble of comfort and this bubble of dysfunction. And I start the book with my favorite quote on comfort, a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. There's hmm. no, there's yeah, nothing. It does. And the only way you're going to find fulfillment in life is through growing yourself and contributing to others. That's it. It's the only place for fulfillment. You'll, you're never going to find it in stuff, but your ego wants you to think that stuff is where the goods are. And it's, it's, it's cool to have stuff, but yeah. Marlon and I just went through this massive downsizing in our lives in the last 18 months and it feels freaking awesome. Um, because stuff won't get you what you want. It really doesn't. And I know, you know, as I was growing and, and you met me, I was focused on, I want stuff. I need this. I need this, you know, and in your book, you, you mentioned it and I've heard it before. I was listening to a podcast by John Maxwell, cause I'm a podcast junkie, but it's really serving. You know, it's serving. And and one of the questions, and you mentioned this in the book, but one of the questions I try to ask myself daily is, you know, how am I going to serve this person today? And I think when we approach things from serving, then it opens up the universe and it opens up. It's just different. It, the energy is different. It's not like I've got to sell or I need this person to and you explain that in your in your book, like I need to meet these numbers, I need to achieve this goal because I got to pay these bills. But it's really about how can I serve and how can I give to them and in a good way. And so I think that's also important. And uh, you mentioned that in the book as well. I think also what what I love about your book is the practicality of it. Like, I hate reading books that you know, they give me a lot of theory. They give me a lot of ideas. I like hearing real stories of people like yourself who were not where they wanted to be, but pulled themselves up and then used them and share the tools that they use to get through and become a better person, become a better business owner, become a better husband. I think you had a son that graduated high school and college. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, your family is doing phenomenally well all because of some of the things that or all of the things you employed in your book. So tell us maybe a couple of steps that you discuss in the book that you would recommend others begin doing. Okay, we know the why we know getting in touch with your dreams, but the practical things that folks should do to begin that. Yeah, journey. yeah. I mean, there's Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot in the book. And, and you know, the, the key with the book is to, you know, stay with it, not trying to everyone tries to rip through books. And I think I say in the book, there's no gold star for getting through the book, right. So in, in my journey, I, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll stay on a page in a book for weeks, sometimes months, if I'm just trying to, you know, drive it, drive it home. Um, I, I mean, I think some of the, some of the, some of the biggest concepts in, in the book, um, one is, you know, forgiveness. Um, and, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, God put, God, God put this book on my heart. And, and I think it was just, you know, once again, not that I'm a guru, but I, but I think my perspective and my point of view on things is transformational. And, you know, the story in the book was I, I was working with a coach, Absolutely. you know, who I hired and so I'm, st I'm in the mess and we do our first coaching call and he, he's like, okay, um, I got a homework assignment for you. And I'm thinking it's, you know, it's gotta be a strategy thing. It's gotta be a how to thing. That's where my brain goes. And he said, you need to forgive your mm -hmm. ex-wife. And I'm like, wow she's she's a horrible person like what are you talking about like whose side are you on like what is what does that have to do with anything and uh and, and anytime i get into my ego and you know one of my chapters in the book is your need to be right will cost you your life um and i was yes. i was pretty self-righteous yeah. about stuff so anytime i'd get self-righteous with him he'd go um based on your results how is your way working mm. hated that question my my the people wow. i coach hate when i ask wow. them that question um and anyway 
and so that would always snap me out of like, okay, yeah, based on reason, it's just a great question. And nobody, no, no, and nobody wants, <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to look at their stuff because they, they, they don't want to feel no, bad about they, themselves. No. And so the problem is if you don't want to look mm -hmm. at it, then mm -hmm. it's going to get worse. And, you know, and uh, one of my favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. And um, we as humans, wow, we have to guard against delusion because that is one of our ways of wait a minute you got to go back say that one more time chris <laughs> say it again please optimism that is, and delusion sleep in the same bed together right and mm. you know so 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 you know during my mess it's not like i was sitting around going woe is me i mean i was working my ass off i mean i was running a marathon with a 20 pound bowling ball around my ankle uh, which is what yes. I talk about how I released that stuff in the book and why I feel better yeah, now than I did 10 and, and even 20 years ago because all that emotional baggage, but I was very optimistic. Hey, it's changing. It's going to be good. It's great. And I was awesome at selling Marlowe on the fact that things are going to get better, but I was delusional. Wow. That was delusion because I didn't know my results. I didn't look at my results. I didn't realize how bad it was. I knew it was bad, but I didn't want to look at it because I didn't want to feel bad about myself. No, right? Steve Siebel talks about in his book, 177 mm -hmm. Mental Toughness Secrets, the number one skill of a high-performer, mm -hmm. world-class performer, something called objective reality. Objective reality, objective reality. And it's the capacity to look at your results, own them, not feel bad about it, just to own it, unemotional, non-emotional. It's just like, you know, when you came to me many years ago and you're like, Hey, I got this stuff that's going on. I didn't, I didn't judge it. Yeah. I just tried to help you. I, I didn't have, I didn't have energy on the stuff yeah. that you had energy on. So I was able to, you know, guide you. Yeah. Um, so that's the way you want to feel about that anyway. But, but you know, I had to forgive my ex-wife and I share the exercise. I'm like, okay, well, why do I need to forgive her? He's like, well, if you don't forgive her, you're going to be a broke, he used more colorful language, but he's like, you're going to be a broke joke your entire life. You're going to be broke. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So he gave me the exercise. He's like, when we're done with our call, do this every day until you no longer need to write her, write her name at the top wow. of the paper of a page and then write down everything you appreciate about her. And that, wow, that first time horrific. I, I stared at a blank piece of paper for an hour. I'm like, she's horrible. But then I, then I realized <laughs> that he was right. Cause it's not time management. It's energy management. Mm -hmm. I had massive energy leaks and these, uh, this unconscious resentment towards my ex. Um, well, but then I, I'm like, okay, she's a great mom. She's a world-class mom. My kids are 22 and 19. They're un unbelievable wow. how successful they are. And I'm not bragging about them because they're mm -hmm. my kids, but they're just, they're just good kids. They're great kids, mainly because of her. I had some influence, phenomenal. So at least I found something. And then I did the exercise. I did the exercise the next day and I did it the next day and the next day I found a couple more. And then about three weeks into it, I had a mental list. I didn't have to write them down anymore. When I was running or, you know, working out or driving or whatever, walking, I would just kind of run through this mental list. And what was happening is I was rewiring my brain about my perception of my ex-wife mm -hmm. and it changed mm -hmm. everything. It changed everything. I mean, we didn't become best friends. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have this like, you know, I forgive you conversation, but the thoughts have wings and everything I was firing her away, she was picking up mm -hmm. and, you know, you just get the book and read it. I mean, the, the last story on chapter 50, you know, when my oldest got into Van or Vanderbilt, like that interaction with us was, mm -hmm. I mean, I can't even talk about it because it's, it's always the end of my keynotes and I, I lose my shit every time just because it was just, it was this magical moment of what would have happened if my ego would have continued to resent her. And anyway. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. I think I would agree. Forgiveness is definitely the best, the first step or one of the pivotal steps, mm -hmm. forgiving yourself for all the BS, right? For all the ego, for all the mistakes. And then, you know, the folks that you've held grudges against. And, you know, it's funny because I had to do some of the same work. You know, I, I could very easily make a list of all the things I didn't like about my ex-husband. Um, I've been widowed as well. And so my first husband, he passed away suddenly. And so I could, you know, continue to play that whole violin and everything. And, but you're right. It wasn't moving the needle in my life. And when I came to you, I was broke, busted, disgusted. I was working my ass off. Like, you know, I was busting my butt. I felt like, but there was so much energy and other things holding me back. And so just like you say, forgiveness, doing the work. And now, you know, you know, we don't have that great, you know, oh, you're my best friend relationship, but I am so grateful for him because I, you know, my children wouldn't be who they are. They have their dad in them and he's a good guy. So I, that is so, that's so important is to letting things go. And I like what you said, thoughts have wings. Now that is deep. I mean, you're talking, Chris, and I'm in, this is my own personal, <laughs> my own personal session, just learning from you here today. So that, that is so powerful. And the whole delusion versus optimism. And so how, how do you get out of that? Like, what did you do? You, you had someone put it in your face or you feel like you were so self-aware to be able to decipher which was delusion and which was optimism? Yeah, no, no I mean, wrong, I, I, mean I, I had a world-class coach for four and a half years, right? And we, we can't gotcha. see our, our blind spots, right? And so, um, okay. and, and I didn't, I didn't like accountability because, you know, I'm an approval addict. We can do the whole show on approval addiction too. But, but uh, you know, I didn't like it because I wanted everyone's approval and I didn't want, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't like to be told that what we're doing is not working. That's just, that's just ego, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, but for like the first six months of my coaching relationship, I mean, we, we would meet once a week and he'd spend, I mean, I, I just did this with one of my uh, agents I coached this morning. I love her so much, but we waste, we waste so much time getting to the root of what's actually happening. Right. I have to like mm -hmm. dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and dig. And then, you know, mm -hmm. five minutes left, we get to the gold. And so I, so I did that with him for six mm. months and it was, he was asking me the same questions. I was evading. I was like, I just, I wasn't owning it. And finally, like, I'm like, this is stupid. Mm -hmm. And then, and then finally we get on a call. I said, coach, I'll, I'll, I'll take over from here so we can not waste time. This is what I told you last week I was going to do. Second is, did I or didn't I? I didn't do it. Third is, here's what became more mm. important than me keeping my word. Right? Here, here's what became more important than keeping wow. my word. However, wow. this is what I learned. This is what I'm going to do differently. Will you keep, will you keep coaching wow. me? Wow. And so that became the next, you know, four years of like, you know, hey, I said I was going to do this. I did or I didn't. Here's what became more important than me keeping my word. However, here's what I learned. Here's what I'm going to shift. And so wow. that became the questioning, the objective reality questioning on a week by week basis. And it increased my confidence because I wasn't doing what everyone does. They state their intention. And then they go hide. They go hide. Everybody hides. Everyone yeah. hides. Wow. It's ridiculous. They just, yeah. they don't want to own yeah. it. It's a big, it's a big ego thing. Cause they're so concerned about what other people think. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's the stuff that keeps people yeah. broken, miserable. So finding Amen. a good coach, finding someone like yourself to hold, hold you accountable. And, 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 you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I know in my past, I think when I first met you, um, I didn't understand the value of investing <laughs> in something like that, uh, for myself because I was broke. 
I mean, I, I'd be honest, I didn't have the money. So you explained that you were broke. How did you overcome that? Like investing in yourself so you can have somebody really hold you accountable to your, I mean, it just, PS. it just, I mean, you know, the, the, the connection was, you know, I tell people, I'm like, usually you're going to make change out of pleasure or pain. Right. But, but most often it's, it's pain that gets us to make changes. And, and that's why I wrote the book too, is I don't want people to get to where I was. I want them to start doing this stuff now, not hit rock bottom, so to speak. So, um, so I connected the price that others were paying for me staying the way I was, right? My kid, I mean, everybody was suffering around me and that was, that was painful. And so it was no longer optional that I had to change. And based on results, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was, I mean, I was proficient. I mean, I, I had skills. I mean, it's not like I was a, t a total disaster. Right. I mean, I, I, I had right. some great skills. I had had some success, um, but I, I needed somebody another level, another level of awareness and consciousness. And I needed somebody that was ultimately where I wanted to be. And this coach was, I mean, he'd been financially independent for decades. That's what I wanted, right? I, I can't get yeah. financially independent unless I'm associating with somebody that was financially free. So that was it. Yeah. So yeah, co coaching's massively important. I think so. I, I've engaged in it and now I feel like it's time to elevate. So I agree with you there. So a couple last questions. What do you want to be most known for doing? You've done a lot in your life. You are an amazing leader in the financial services space. You have a huge team of people that look up to you for the coaching, the guidance, the wisdom, and you walk the talk, right? So, but what would you say out of everything that you've done or, you know, what do you want to be most known for doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the big thing that's driving me now is, you know, I just, I just want to make a gigantic impact. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I mean, it's the number that hit me, I, I don't know where it came from, but you know, it's 10, 10 million or more people were, you know, impacted by Chris Felton being on the planet. Right. That's why I've done all these podcasts. That's why I wrote the book. It was, you know, it's just, you know, and, and then ultimately, you know, watching my kids like go to the next level. I mean, we got some things as a family that we want to do. And, you know, I'm thinking more about that, you know, what's, what's the future impact and, you know, how's that going to roll forward so that the Felton family is aligned with, you know, continuing that impact that it doesn't just end, you know, when I end. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's, right, that's the right. thing is, uh, I just, I just want to help people have a, a much better life. So I know you have a community for your book. I know you have the social media community. Tell us, is that open to the general public or how could someone become a part of your community and, and access um, to what you Yeah, do. I mean, the, 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 the group you were in, I mean, that was really more just along the lines of uh, the book launch. So don't, don't have a current plan there, mm -hmm. but uh, everybody can find me at, you know, okay. chrisfelton.me. Um, and then uh, literally any day now, uh, I, my, I did a six and a half hour kind of video workshop that's the deeper dive of the book. So that's going to be out here, um, you know, hopefully the next seven to 10 days. And so that that's a chunk down version of me doing a deeper dive in the book to kind of help people. We had about 30 people in a room and got, got it videoed. So, so excited mm. about that. But if you go to my homepage, I send out a, a weekly, you know, three to four minute video of just some insight of, you know, some, some mindset. So that's, stuff that people can plug into. Um, and, and anyone that has interest in okay. workshops and keynote speaking and, you know, wh whatever I can do to help and serve them, their teams, their, their crew, uh, they can reach out and find me at chrisfelton.me. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So I had three questions I put sure. in there just to wrap this up at the end. Um, and I put down, uh, what's your favorite book of all time? I know you mentioned Steve Sebald's book. His book is phenomenal. 
So I don't know if that's going to be it, but did you have a favorite book of all time that you uh, favorite book of all time is the Bible. Um, but next to that, um, Bob Proctor's book, right. you were born rich would be the, 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 uh, the top of uh, the personal development space. Yeah. Yeah, that is an excellent, excellent. Yeah. I listen yeah, to it periodically he's, over he's and a, over. He's a hero of mine, book. total legend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a song that motivates you. A song you. that song motivates that me. Motivates you? Oh my God. What song do I, I should have looked at those <laughs> questions. That like get you, I, I know you cold take showers. cold showers. Yeah, still at least take cold, I remember six years of cold showers. Best. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That could be a whole nother show. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I hear the value in them, but I didn't know if you had a book or a, a song that kind of motivates you and gets you up and going. Um, and, you know, yeah, in the groove. No, if I, not, I, mean, no I, I have, I have a lot. Nothing, nothing's, uh, nothing's hitting me right now. Anyway, yeah. Okay, that's cool. that's cool. And lastly, a quote that you try to live by. Um, you said some good ones. Yeah, here, I mean, but... I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of quotes in my book. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, the, the, the book that, that drives me, or the quote that drives me in the book is, you know, it's okay to stuck, it's okay to get stuck, it's not okay to stay there, is is huge. And, and we as humans, we get stuck, and and we have to, yeah. we have to, we have to shift, right? But I really love the Jeff Shore mm -hmm. quote of, you know, life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. And almost nobody really understands that. So, you know, that's one I quote all the time for sure. Yeah, it is so true. And life seeking comfort results in a totally uncomfortable yeah, existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and probably the I one I, I beat up the most, my guys roll their eyes is, is what, I mean, I've already said it. You don't get what you hope for, you get what you expect. And so one of the questions you always got to yeah. be asking yourself is in my heart of hearts, what am I really, 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 really expecting? And to actually think and yeah. journal on that. Yeah. And when you're true to that question, what am I really expecting? You will understand that everything mm -hmm. in your life that you have now is exactly what you're expecting. But what happens is most people hope positive, but they expect negative. Wow. And in the Bible, it says a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I think that sums it up so perfectly. It's like you got to really and, and, I, and I think you just, everything you just said was so powerful. But I think it's all the things you talk about in your book, all the things you shared here, connecting with your why and really doing the inner work so that your why and your actions can properly line up, right? And and then getting some, a coach, getting someone to kind of, you know, hold you accountable to your bullshit and dealing with the yeah. ego stuff because a lot of people don't want to and, um, and so they stay stuck. So I cannot, Chris, tell you how thankful I am. I, I Y'all don't know the value of an hour of this man's time is just phenomenal. I don't even know if I could ever even pay him for the value. I mean, again, seven figure earner. Okay. Amazon best-selling author. And he is here on the show today, sharing nuggets with us. Chris, do you have anything you want to share to close us out? Any other tips or anything you want to share with the folks listening? I'm going to make sure, sure they can contact you. So I'll put your contact information in the show notes, reach out to him, visit his website, get the book. I'll put the book link in the show notes as well. Yeah, no, I, but anything I think else, uh, right? one of the things I, I try to try to drive home with the book is that, you know, you, you have to be willing, you have to be willing to change. You, you, you have to, you have to do the work. It's not optional, but you have to understand that the work is going to be worth it. And and yeah, people, yeah, it will be. They, 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 they question whether it's going to be worth it, and you just you have to trust because trust trusting unlocks all the blessings, and people just they just don't trust. They don't trust mm -hmm. themselves. They don't trust the process. They don't trust other people. If you have trust issues, 
you're going to stay stuck your whole life. Yeah. Well, you definitely overcome that. And I'm going to tell you, you've helped me so much. I am, I'm nowhere near where you are, but I'm definitely not where I was, what, maybe seven, eight years ago when you and I first connected, if not longer. And so I thank you for your time today. I thank you for your wisdom today. And um, I'm going to shout from the rooftops that everyone should be getting your book and they should really try their best to connect with the principles and the activities in there. I'm doing them uh, step by step. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so thank much you, for sister. your time Super, super proud of you and, and uh, you've um, come a long way and big things are coming. So keep at you. it. Yes, they are. And thank you again for being here with us. So with that, we're going to end the show today. Um, thanks again, Mr. Felton, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Make sure I'll make sure everyone knows about you and your book and All right. thanks, um, sister. your website. Appreciate it. So, all right, bye.